Okay, with Haley Todd, she is the writer, she's the producer, she's one of the stars of the film Last Champion, played at the Sports and Recreation uh, Feedback Film Festival, winner of Best Feature Film. I have to also say that to the masses, you're known as Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire's mom, I guess, in the TV series, I guess, correct? That I think is true, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just so just so there's context to the masses, but you do other, you're, you're, you've done many other things besides that Disney TV show, but I guess everybody kind of knows that show and knows the context, I guess, right? Yeah, I think it's of, of, of the things that I've done in my, you know, career, which has been 40 years at this point, <laughs> you know, that is definitely the thing that got the most play and had the biggest, um, you know, audience reach. And, you know, partly because the Disney machine made it so. But um, it, I, I think it definitely um, hit a chord yeah. um, when it came out and and, um, and resonated with people, especially young people. So, yeah, it got a lot of attention. And plus, you, you're a fantastic mom on the show. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, thank so you. let's talk about The Last Champion. So you're one of the co-writers. You're also yes. on the film and you produce it. So tell us about, like, what was the seed of this idea? Were you part of the beginning of the of the writing uh, process? Like, how did this all come about? Yeah, well, Glenn had had um, a script that he wrote when he was uh, just starting writing, like, in his 20s. And he had been a high school wrestler and he had, you know, been, you know, a champion and all that. And he had, you know, it was a very big part of his youth. And so he had written something that isn't anything like what the movie we made, but he had like a, just a glimmer of a, of a draft, basically. And the thing that um, I think the only thing in it, because I actually never read it, but um, that may have made it into our movie is that there's a big wrestling championship at the end. You know what I mean? That basically is where it begins and ends. And the rest of it, we just, I don't know, we started banging around ideas and and um, and we had done this uh, very, very dark, harrowing uh, horror movie as our first outing. And um, and it was fun and we we, you know, got it to Lionsgate and had um, it was a big learning experience, and I think it turned out really well. I'm I'm proud of it, and I'm in it too. And we all wrote it together, but um, we definitely wanted to do something that was more <laughs> uplifting and more um, life affirming, I should say, than the first one. So we just started, you know, thinking about well, let's do a redemptive story and let's make it a sports drama, and it just like kind of sort of layering all the ideas, and we just came up with the story. Do you remember what year, because the film resonates uh, really well now in terms of like giving people a second chance. We live in the cancer, cancer culture era where yeah. someone like your character in the film makes a mistake and everybody's like, oh, he's shut down. We're not, we don't want to talk to him ever again. So uh -huh. for your film, it resonates really well, like, because that's kind of BS in a lot of ways for, with, especially for a lot of people where they're allowed to have a second chance. And that's sort of the theme of your film. So I'm just curious. Right. So you're you're in terms of the film context now. It's like it really it's it's an important film, but I'm sure I'm assuming you didn't write it when this era occurred. I guess right. No, I think um, we started writing it uh, about ten years ago, and it was a it was just a process getting it you know to the point where we felt like it was ready to be made, and um, it was definitely before that. I would like to take credit for that nuance, yeah. but but I can't. Yeah, if that's a uh, that happened since, yeah, probably while we were actually making it, that started to sort of take hold, but, um, or right, right after anyway, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, it, 
it just happened to, and I, and you know what, you saying that, I never actually thought of that until you just said that. So that's a really interesting takeaway. <laughs> that's the, I'm that's glad the, it has that. Yeah. That's the lens that we're watching the movie, right? Is like this guy, this guy who's, you know, he's been banished from oh, yeah. society from his small town and he comes back and then obviously there's, you know, not without giving the movie away, there's, there's a comeback, I guess. Right. Right. And I think the thing is like with cancel culture, you know, it's interesting because with a lot of those um, events, it's like the people who are canceling don't have necessarily a personal stake, you know, whereas yeah. <laughs> the people in, in our movie have a personal stake in his, mm -hmm. you know, in his failure. And so um, it's a little bit different. You know, they actually were personally hurt, you know, or, uh, or, or thought they were, you yeah. know, but um, yeah, yeah, that definitely is it. That, that, that is there. I hadn't thought about that. It's a really good one. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. But it's also like, I say you're like, it's almost like a small town. So meaning that they're not, some of them are not personally involved, but just that he represents that town, I guess. Right. So, right. He, it's their reputation. They felt like had been, uh, you know, shattered and, and they had no reputation, no reputation. Yeah. And then he gave them a reputation and then he basically shit on it, you know? So he, yeah. So he had, uh, you know, it's not like they, it had nothing to do with, I mean, a few people were personally yeah. hurt, right? But I mean, but for the other people, it was like, you know, you put us on the map and then you, you know, made a fool of all of us, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So I grew up in Canada. So we had Ben Johnson, uh, who was like the, our Olympic hero. And then he tested during Seoul Olympics in 88. That's true. So we had him on a pedestal. He was our hero. Look, Canada's on the map. And then, of course, it's a country, not a city. But basically, then all of a sudden... He was he was exposed, and that sort of also reminded me of the film as well. Where like we felt personally like betrayed I, by him. Even I bet. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I didn't even think about that, you know, at the time, you know. But yeah, because I mean, you think about just the people who are close to the person, you know what I mean, or their coaches and their their friends and their, you know. But yeah, it's a whole nation <laughs> takes it personally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, the resonate. So okay, so you guys, so the three of you, so you, you, Glenn, and then Ivy, the three of you wrote the screenplay. Yes. And yeah. then, but it's always the intention because you guys made a produce the film before. So the intention when you're writing is that we're gonna, this is gonna be a film. This is we're making this into a feature film. It's not a spec. It's like, so while you're the the, the mindset is that you're this is gonna be a film, I guess, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we wrote it also with you know, the idea that there was an audience for it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just for us to express our, you know, creativity. It was like, well, um, we wanted to write something that we thought would have an audience that would receive it, you know, because you can, you can write movies that don't have an audience too, yeah. you know, or, you know, or have a very unlikely, you know, way of finding success. So, that was definitely in the mix. We know that those kinds of films are audience pleasers and um, and we wanted to make one that that resonated and got under people's skin. And, and that's what I think I feel the best about the film is that it really does kind of reach in and grab your heart and not in a 
schmaltzy way, but in a in an organic, you know, true way. It creeps up on you. It doesn't like you. you the, the piano music doesn't play and tell you how to feel. Right. right? <laughs> no, <laughs> that was that was that was never going to happen. <laughs> okay, so you wrote the screenplay. So I know it's a long uh, process and lots of rewrites, and, and it's yes. like uh, it's really um, a, a difficult process. So what it was, it's like the, what is the next step though for an independent film? So I'm just curious, like, what do you like? It's, I know it's not easy funding, and I know you have a lot of producers attached to the to the film. So I know it doesn't take like tomorrow you wrote the screenplay, then you start filming in six months. I know it's a long process, but right, what, the, what was the process for this film? Um, well, I think it was, you know, we, we wrote it, then we, um, then we had to start looking for money, you know, and, um, we had, I think, uh, some people came in while it was being written because they had, uh, they had, uh, we had an association with them from before that they were, you know, they trusted that we were going to finish it and come up with something that they thought would be producible. And then we had to find the rest of the money. And um, before we could start finding talent, you know, you have to have all the money in place. So that was a, a search, you know, Glenn's much more um, part of that process than I am. You know, my producer credit is more a creative producer credit. Um, I'm involved in the casting and um, and then a lot in post-production. Mm. Um, but as far as like driving the business of it and driving the show, um, that's much more Glenn's, you know, and then Ivy has more knowledge about that because she, you know, is a film school graduate and has, you know, been around it. And she was on the first one, too. So she, you know, has just watched and learned so she can support him that way. I'm I don't I don't claim to know about all the, the business part of it, but I know that it's 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 a hike, you know, getting it done. So uh, yeah. without getting too personal, but what's the like you guys are everybody's related, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> husband wife and daughter okay right. so just give people give, give people context it's a, it's a family it's a family team so yeah. that's like that's difficult in itself because usually like it's hard to have manage one relationship like say my wife it'd be hard for me to have like okay then, then now you're going to be my writing partner or my business partner it'd be like oh my god that's like i'm trying to manage our like our marriage well like that's a that's a there's a lot going on i guess right that's basically <laughs> yes <laughs> and um we are all passionate about our ideas and also you know um not shy about expressing uh that and i also our daughter's an attorney so she's extremely persuasive in oh, wow. her yeah. arguing technique so we 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 you know we hammer it out we you know we all though are united and we get along really well and we all want the same thing ultimately it's just how we get there is necessarily you know the same idea but but the the you know we're definitely together on making it the best it can be right and um and so you know what we i mean we just i think i think what's challenging the most challenging is is setting the boundaries of when we're going to stop talking about business and mm -hmm. and um and and just talk about anything else <laughs> but but that's, you know, we, we make it work, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging and, and we'll get into it, you know, um, cause sometimes, you know, um, you just feel passionately that you're right. You know, we all have that, but you know, we, we've learned to do it and, to yeah. accommodate and compromise and yeah. 
so it's like it's like you're having dinner and it's hard to like mix like say you have dinner together it's hard to mix like talking about the film with like relationships it's like it's like it's difficult but it's it's workable i guess right 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 and we i mean it's it's also it's what we love too so it's not like a boring job you know we're we're so into it that we want to talk about it it's just probably you know there could be a little bit more life life work balance but I don't know how. I've always felt that so I think you're right <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's a it's a it's a sec, it's a sexy word to say but I always felt it to be overrated who who's really accomplished as a balanced person so yeah <laughs> I don't know people who have fake existences on Instagram maybe yeah exactly yeah exactly. yeah right <laughs> So okay, so obviously the lead, uh, Cole Hauser is the lead of the film. Is is it probably the most important casting choice, right? Uh, so where did how did he when did he come aboard the film and and how was the how did that process work? Um, you know, I think we were, oh goodness, we were looking at all the young actors for, um, for the two young male leads the and the the antagonist and the and the the kid who played my son the character of michael and um sean, and we sean were in disc right? in sean yeah. and we were um sorry sean and casey sean sean scully and casey moss and we were um in discussions with agents about um the role of john and an agent of mine who had been my agent in the past it wasn't currently represented cole and he was um, definitely, you know, calling up and saying, "This this actor should be seen for this, and you should consider him." And we were like, "I don't know, you know, we were, <laughs> we didn't really know him, and um, we had some other people in our head." And and then finally, you know, there was a meeting, and he walked in the door, and Glenn shook his hand, and it was within sixty seconds that he knew that that was going to be the person to play the part. And um, I'm glad that Barry had pushed, you know, because he, he didn't, he didn't let up. And um, we ne- that meeting may never have happened and it worked out so beautifully because I think Cole is outstanding. I think he's a wonderful actor, but I think this role really, you know, um, found something, he found something in it that brought out something that I don't know if many people have seen that side of him before, mm-hmm. you know, so um uh, yeah we feel very blessed that we got that performance in this film because he's he's outstanding so people uh right now that particular actor obviously goodwill hunting for my generation but he's in yellowstone right now so there's a, oh yeah plays rip yeah. i guess <laughs> rip yeah rip. he's rip and he's taken off which has definitely been a nice thing for us because, of course yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah and it was like the week that the movie dropped um, he was one of the sexiest men alive in People Magazine. It was like just kind of like manna from heaven. All these things just kind of coming together, and um, and it's funny because when he was um, doing some of the early stuff in the in our film where he's on horseback and he's um, on the ranch, he asked if he could have some of that footage to send to the Yellowstone people. <laughs> the reason and when he was the when he was in the show, yeah. So we take credit. Glenn takes credit for that, you know, but I mean, it's a joke, but yeah. So they kind of happened at the same time, you know, but yeah. 
there's a Western vibe to your to your film too, but it's like the way the guy comes into the town. Like there's kind of a I don't know if that's conscious or not. Uh, the the vibe that you know the, he he's you know nobody likes him, but he rides in the town. First thing he stops is the cafe. You know, talks to the waitress. It's like it's, instead of a bar, it's a cafe. You know what I mean? It's just the kind of there's certain yeah. similarities there. It's kind of like a Shane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except that he stays. He's emotionless. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's no weird attractiveness with uh, the wife or anything like that. <laughs> in the, usually in yeah, Westerns. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> well, we just wanted we 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 were just trying to do it as truthfully as we could, you know, as far as like what would really happen, you know, and what how would people react and and we um we had people we knew who lived in that community. And um and so they helped us um on there and get those locations and um and so we studied we knew the location before we wrote the movie so we kind of wrote it around that place which was an interesting way to do it you know instead of having to find it later you know and hope you can find it mm-hmm. so um yeah and 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 those faces you know in that in when when you see my character Melinda go into the um the bar. And those faces, I mean, they were just people in the community, you know, who just had these faces um, uh, as the extras, you know, they were just real Garfield citizens. <laughs> so you just took, like, did you, like, you guys just, like, took over the town for, for a month or so? Pretty and, much. And just... Yeah. It's got, like, a population of 630 people or something. But the but the, the family that we are close to who was there... Um, they are so um, they've been there forever and everybody knows them and they, you know, they just helped open doors for us. Even, even at university of Idaho where we shot part of the, the film. And um, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was sort of like a, um, it felt homespun in that part of it. You know, the rest of it was like, you know, making a movie like you normally make a movie going to Universal Studios and doing your stuff but the the locations um came about very organically through um us visiting our friends and discovering this town and how picturesque it was and um and feeling like if we wanted to tell the story that would be a good place to tell it and so yeah and then it's part of the, it's 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 kind of a character in the film the town obviously right? exactly yeah did you did you have to change much like uh in terms of your uh in terms of the exterior scenes like with your production design did you even the cafe did you like was, was a lot of dressing occurring or the cafe was built from scratch the cafe was non-existent it oh, was wow. just a building with um um nothing in it and so we um i think maybe it had been a restaurant so there was a a counter but i think we changed that anyway we changed everything about that. Yeah, that was our production designer, um, John Dexter, who's um, a big art director and does big films like Pirates. And uh, he does Tarantino movies. He's done a lot of stuff. And um, and he did that cafe for us. And he also created the home where we our family lives, um, which was very different. And, um, and we redid that to make it really uh, much more wrong side of the tracks and um i'm trying to think but oh i know the the home where john comes home that was actually a nice home that we um had 
some stuff done to the front of it to, you know, dress it, to make it look like it was really decrepit and run down and um, falling apart. Um, I'm trying to think, I think, oh, the, the school was, we did some stuff to the school to, um, it was a building that's under, it's a historical building that was under um, some refurbishment to become like a community center. And we didn't want them to touch the floors that hadn't been changed yet. So we, we did those for ourselves before they got to them. So, so, in um, the, but yeah. In the interview with Glenn's interview with Bloggenberg, he talked about like, you guys got hit with this snowstorm to start the filmmaking, the film process. Crazy. Yeah. It was crazy cold and they had to, they had to actually run blow dryers on the camera lenses to get them to um, unfreeze, to thaw out because they, they, uh, th that was, that was the biggest challenge I would say about shooting that particular winter <laughs> in that place. We, it just was a record snowfall. And you weren't expecting anything like that? No, we wanted snow. Yeah. We wanted it to be snowy and pretty, but that was um, just kind of ridiculous and it made it, it made it hard, but, but it was, you know, made it fun too, you know. <laughs> Cause he talked, he also says that like, the, I guess he does extensive storyboards. So he has, he has a, an ex he has a, 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 him and his DP have a vision that they want to accomplish, I guess. And having, um, yeah, well, it's kind of Glenn uh, doing it. Um, I mean, he went up to Garfield and pre-shot everything with um stand-ins and then um you know he designed all the shots and and um and uh he's a hands-on guy you know so um rich when he came on that had already been done so um so he basically you know was glenn's you know he just pointed it the direction and lit and lit he lit it yeah. you know and and did that, but um, but the shot design and everything was, um, was Dalton because he had been a photographer, he had studied cinematography. Glenn Glenn had so he he has a knowledge of lenses and and um and how to tell a story using lenses. So that was kind of him, and I think that would that was him on the first film too. I think that would always be how he works. He just he wants that to be coming from him, you know. Because, yeah, he, he kind of makes tells a story about, like, how he, uh, the first day he wanted a certain shot from the child at home, and he didn't get it, and he's like, we're coming back. It's like, no compromise, oh, man. we're coming back, and we can't start the film until. It sort of tells who he is in a nutshell, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. They, they got there just like, you know, he knew what time it had to happen. People were running slow. They got there. They missed it because the sun hits that peak of that barn for only a very short amount of time before it, you know, goes away. And he said, Nope, we're going to get that. And we're going to do it again. So they did it again and they got it. And that's uh, yeah, I think he, he definitely <laughs> set the tone <laughs> that first day. Like this is who I am and I get what I want. Yeah. It's interesting. So, okay. So you, you mentioned before, <laughs> earlier that you're a creative producer so you're in yeah. your post-production were you part of the editing process did you yeah. look at the dailies yeah you saw the, the the making like putting the film together yeah I mean I yeah definitely with the editing and um and with the music and uh um 
yeah, most of that. I mean, when it got into really, really technical stuff down at, um, um, when we do, we did the final re-record at Universal and, um, and a lot of the, um, the effects, the sound stuff that way, I'm less involved, but definitely in the editing and, and, um, and with the music and, and, and that stuff. And that was, you know, that's, it was just every day, all day. So how do you, But I love that actually. I really do love the puzzle, the putting the puzzle together part of that. That's really fun to me is troubleshooting and figuring out like, how are we going to, like you have some thing and you're like, how are we going to, if we're cutting this, how do we, make sure that that doesn't get lost and we tell that story and we get those reactions. And I love that aspect of it. It's really fun. My father was a producer and um, he was a creative producer um, in television during the seventies and eighties. And I remember going to work with him. He was um, at universal um, for many years. And so it was fun actually being at universal doing the sound at universal. And I got to see his old office and stuff. And, um, but um, he loved post. He loved being in the dubbing room and, and all that. And I, I guess I never thought about it, but I used to go to work with him and, and sit and, you know, I don't know if I was like in a coloring book or something while he was doing it, but it was, it was, you know, so detail oriented. And, you know, and then I remember that very, very well. And he, your father, he was, I guess he produced, he produced a lot of television, I guess. Like that was like. He did, um, he, the, he did, um, he did Duel. He discovered Steven Spielberg, actually. I love to um, um, brag about that without sounding too obnoxious, but he <laughs> did hire him to play, to do, to direct Duel when he was like 23 years old. And, um, and he did, uh, he, he, he just did a bunch of stuff. He wasn't, um. Uh, he did television. He did, you know, early on. He was one of the original um, writers of The Fugitive, and then yeah. and um, The Untouchables, you know, back in the sixties, and um, uh, you know, Name of the Game, and you know those those shows, you know, back then, and a lot of a lot of movies of the week that he did. But so this is this is your industry. You're like that, this is my dad. Yeah, that's the ten thousand. And my oh, mother. Yeah, yeah. And my mom was an actress. Um, I don't know. Uh, she she was a television actress. She, her her thing that most people know her from was she was Millie Helper on the old Dick Van Dyke show, which was Laura's Petrie's best friend and neighbor. And then she was also Yetta on The Nanny with Fran Drescher, which is um, uh, a completely different kind of thing. She wore wig and she was very very much known for her comedic work. But she was in, in, in a wonderful dramatic actress and did a ton of theater and. Um, in LA and all over the country, the arena stage in Washington and um, uh, Cleveland Playhouse and Denver Center and, uh, and and in Los Angeles too, in New York. But she was, you know, she was uh, extremely versatile and, and you know, hardworking. And so those are the two examples that kind of exposed me the most growing up. So you're in you're doing post production and obviously the, the film the two hour mark was there was there a longer version a shorter version like when was- <laughs> there was a longer version um, there were a couple scenes we lost that it worked out to be okay that we lost you know um, I'm trying to remember what they were now um, the coach at the other school where um, where Casey uh, where Scott Baker ends up going he had more to do when I wish we had kept it, but um, 
but it didn't it didn't have to be there to move the story forward and we had to cut and there was a scene with me and the family when when we're getting ready to go to the christmas pageant that was in the house that was unnecessary we were able to lose it and a few other little things mm. that we had to just snip for time but um uh I'm sorry that Alfred Rutherford, who played um, the other coach, because um, he's a wonderful actor and he didn't get to have that extra, extra moment. But you have to do that to serve the story, right? So I know it's painful. It's really painful. So our festival sends you an audience reaction uh, feedback video. What did you guys think of the feedback video? We were so touched and humbled, and it was so cool to to hear people give their sort of like raw thoughts and feelings. I, 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 it's, you guys, it's a really interesting way you do this. I wish that other festivals could do it this way. Cause it's so helpful to filmmakers and it's, you know, it's uh, really nice to hear the feedback. And, and there were interesting things that were like um, things that I that hadn't thought of, you know, and um but it was really nice. It was so nice. I don't know who those people were. Were they, um, I don't know who they are. Are they like part of the festival or are they just oh, random audience? Just, audience just random audience members. And we kind of like amalgamated, you know, to, to like, because if someone had something, the same thing to say, we kind of like sort of like a plot point. We just like, we only do one, I guess. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's just people who watch the, 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 the film. We were happy to watch the film. So and volunteer their time to do a thing afterwards. Yeah. That's very cool. That's a very cool thing. Well, this is a great film. It's a great feature film. I, we wish you the best. I know you got some distribution deals coming up and are happening now. So I think it's a, it's a really important story. Like I said, I think it's very timely and I uh, hope, uh, hope you get, hope the masses are able to watch it. And uh, you got connections with Disney, get Disney to, to show the film. So Yes, I know. Well, it's on Amazon. Yeah. It's you can buy it or rent it on Amazon, and um, and it's on Google Play and iTunes as well. But um, and I think it's in like uh, you can get the DVDs in the big box stores now, like on online, like Walmart and gotcha. um, all those places. It's available. But um, but we really appreciate you sharing it with your audience and and um, and letting us be a part of it. It's been a really wonderful experience. Well, congratulations on the success, and well, let's talk again when you make your next film. Thank you. We will. Thank you so much. One, two, three, four, five, six.